Tyrannosaurus Rex, you know the T-Rex, the big teeth, the tiny arms. It is the most iconic dinosaur that there is. If you have a T-Rex skeleton in your museum, you are a hot ticket item. It was actually discovered. Did you know this, that the T-Rex was discovered in 1902? Its fossils have primarily been found in the Hell Creek Formation, which is a band of rocks that date back about 66 million years in parts of Montana, Wyoming, South Dakota, and North Dakota. Well, recently, an independent paleontologist by the name of Gregory Paul, which, by the way, I think Michael Crichton uh, consulted with him for Jurassic Park. He's quite a famous guy. He's put out a, a new report that he says, well, hold on. It turns out the T-Rex is not one species, but actually three different species. Well, this has just turned the world of paleontology on its head. To talk about it, I'm joined by Dr. Victoria Arbor, who is curator of the paleonto- curator of paleontology, pardon me, at the Royal BC Museum. Welcome, doctor. Oh, thank you very much. Did, did I get that summation correctly? It seems like this is this is a big deal in the world of paleontology. Yeah, I mean, obviously, T-Rex is a super famous dinosaur. Everybody knows what a T-Rex is um, pretty much around the world, I would say. Um, yeah, so the idea that there might be more than one species of Tyrannosaurus, you know, the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex fame, um, is certainly really interesting. And I think it's a really good example of how science is always revising its ideas and testing hypotheses, and it isn't a static field in paleontology. So what we're talking about here in terms of different species, give me a sense of what does that mean? Yeah, so obviously when we're looking at fossil species, it's it's actually kind of hard to tell different species apart sometimes. Even among living animals, it can be really tricky. Um, A lot of people have probably learned about how you can tell a species apart uh, with living animals if they can mate and reproduce and produce an offspring that can also reproduce and that's usually kind of the core idea behind a species uh, but it's really blurry even among living animals and of course we can't go back and check out if two t-rex could mate and produce an offspring necessarily so in paleontology we tend to look at the shape of the bones uh, and how they vary between individual dinosaur skeletons in order to kind of put those limits and little boxes around different species so in this particular case, we're, we're, what are the new designations and how controversial are they within the paleontology, paleontology world? Yeah, so the three species are T. rex, the tyrant lizard king, that's the classic one. And then the two new species are T. Uh, Tyrannosaurus regina, which is the tyrant lizard queen, uh, and then Tyrannosaurus imperator, or the t- Tyrant Lizard Emperor. Um, so that's quite fun. I, I like the, the three names. Um, I would say that uh, what I've largely been seeing and what I also think is that a lot of people are quite skeptical about these two new species being real species. So whether or not, you know, we actually should divide Tyrannosaurus up into these three species, I don't, I'm not seeing a lot of consensus that everybody agrees with that idea right now. That would be significant in terms of renaming in museums, would it not be? It would be. Now, a lot of the times museums don't necessarily go out and immediately change a label on a specimen on exhibit just because one new paper comes out. Um, We usually want to see if those new ideas sort of stick over time. So what a lot of museums would do is probably wait at least like a few years 
see if other researchers publish follow-up studies, um, see if people sort of generally agree on these ideas, uh, and then they might change the labels. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, things sort of need to stand the test of time. In terms of T-Rex, I, I was interested that it wasn't discovered until 1902, so quite recent. And, and I guess I understand that that most of the science was based on just one or two specimens until quite recently. Have we have we changed our understanding about T-Rex in the last 20, 30 years? Yeah, I mean, T-Rex is one of the best studied dinosaurs out there, um, both because it's so interesting um, and famous, but also because we're starting to get more and more specimens of it. And a lot of specimens are really complete and really, uh, really well preserved. Um, there's lots of skulls, which usually have lots of information for figuring out different species. Um, yeah, so it's it's we are learning a lot about it, how it grew, how it fed, how it hunted, how it died at the end of the Cretaceous period, um, what it looked like, just tons of information about this really iconic dinosaur. When you see the T-Rex, you know, in movies and popular culture, is there something that you think, OK, come on, now that's just not true and it is just a, a myth that we have all absorbed? Right. Yeah. Well, so of course, a lot of people are very familiar with T-Rex's portrayal in the Jurassic Park series, right? And I think one of the most common things is the idea that its vision is only based on movement, right? Um, but T-Rex probably had really good vision, and it certainly had an excellent sense of smell. So even if it couldn't pinpoint something visually, it would definitely be able to smell you out uh, if it was hunting you in real life today. Um, it probably couldn't run as fast as it was depicted in Jurassic Park, um, just because it's such a big animal and, you know, the bigger you get, the slower you move generally, um, relative to a smaller animal. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of discussion lately over whether or not T-Rex might have had feathers or fluff like many of its close relatives, or if it really was scaly as depicted in most, um, of the artistic depictions you've probably seen of Tyrannosaurus Rex. But we're sure about the cute little arms. Yeah, we for sure it had cute little arms, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks a lot. That is Dr. Victoria Arbor, who's curator of paleontology at the Royal BC Museum with what's going on in the land of paleontology and T-Rex. Was it one species? Was it three? All I know is I'm happy it's not chasing me. I got to play this for you again. I hope I have time. I do. Uh, I don't know, by way of introduction, I am also a news anchor here at Global. I also do a program called Focus Ontario, which is kind of a current affairs, um, political affairs program. And, you know, occasionally you have different guests on and you argue back and forth and, you know, it can get a little heated. Now, you know, the cable news sort of situation where on TV, they're all, everybody's yelling at each other. This to me, oh my goodness, this to me is my worst nightmare. This is from Indian TV. Uh, and the anchor in question is interviewing two guests on two different sides of the Ukraine issue. And he spends about two minutes just screaming and yelling at one of his guests and just, just ripping into him for what he had to say. And then this happens. Dear host, I have not said a word yet. I don't know why you're yelling at me. There's I'm not yelling at you. I'm talking about Mr. McAdams. I'm talking about I Mr. McAdams. Mr. McAdams. I am Mr. McAdams. Oh. I am Mr. McAdams and I haven't said a word. So stop yelling at me. Okay, sorry. I got that confused. I got it's that Ukrainian confused. Ukrainian guy who's going nuts, okay? I, not me. Yes, I got that. I got that. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Whoops. 
Oh, you're McAdams. Well, that that changes everything. All right. Uh, how you doing on gas right now? Uh, Dan McTagg says, you know what? If you don't gas up now, if you're hoping, man, this thing is going to crest pretty soon, I think you might be in for a shock this weekend. Looks like we're going to continue to see uh, possibly a two cent increase, uh, maybe a one cent increase, but it's going up by uh, uh, by Saturday up to 176, possibly even 177.9. It just depends on the strength of the Canadian dollar, which uh, two out of three days while oil prices rose, the Canadian dollar actually fell in relation to the U.S. Uh, greenback. That's uh, Dan McTagg talking about the price of gas. My goodness, it is just a sticker shock out there. And just, I don't know about you, I just I try not to look now as I drive down the road. Just keep your eyes directly in front of you. Don't look at the gas prices. Uh, interesting, earlier in the program, we had uh, Mike Schreiner, the leader of the Green Party, on, and he, him talking about you know the Green Party is in favor of more rebates for purchase point for um, electric vehicles, more rebates for installation for charging. Um, I'm just wondering, if, is that the kind of thing that would sway a vote for you? Because as I'm, I've been saying, I would expect that the Ford government is going to make a move on this before the election on June the 2nd. It's not going to be, you know, point of sale rebate because I think the government is particularly concerned about those Tesla owners out there. And, you know, that the sort of you know, belief that in, you know, some portions of the province be like, well, wait a second, how come you're giving a break to this guy who's driving a $120,000 Tesla with the Gullwing doors and all the rest of that? That doesn't make any sense. But maybe we income test it somehow. That would be fantastic if we could do that, although we're not income testing the $120 back for your license plate sticker. But, you know, would you jump into the electric market because of the price of gas? I mean, is the price of gas the number one motivator for you in terms of flipping over to an electric vehicle? Or is it range, you know, the kind of issues where maybe you live in a rural area where like, well, I'm just not going to work for me. Or, you know, I'm a pickup truck driver with some truck nuts and a hockey stick and a giant flag on the back. I mean, maybe that's just you. Maybe that's just how you roll down the road. Back again tomorrow at noon.